Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Coinop Cowboys, the podcast where four guys come together to share their hilarious experiences and insights on a variety of topics, from dating disasters to workplace shenanigans. Nothing is off limits on this show. Each week, our four hosts bring a new topic to the table, and you can expect to hear some wild and entertaining stories. We'll share our own experiences and offer our unique perspectives, all while keeping things lighthearted and humorous. This is Coinop Cowboys, the podcast where hilarity ensues and the only thing we take seriously is having fun. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Angel. My co-hosts are Chris, Ryan, and Steven. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh along with us as we explore the absurdities of everyday life. Welcome, everyone, to another episode with your favorite group of guys. We are your Coin-Op Cowboys coming to you live from the capital city of Thailand in Bangkok. Bangkok in Thailand. That one. Uh, we have a wonderful show planned for you today, and let's start with a roundtable of introductions. I'll introduce each of you in turn, and you'll give a nice howdy-do. And uh, we're looking for a would-you-rather this week. So, would-you-rather always have B.O. and not know it, or always smell B.O. on everyone else? So, who's going to go first? We're going to start up that random software. I've already kicked it on earlier, so um, this one says we're going to start with Steven. Well, first again, what's up, Cal Burgers, Turd Birkins? You know what it is. This is your boy Steezy coming live from Bangkok, Thailand. Oh, me love you long time. But I rather, just waiting for the nod of approval from Ryan over there. <laughs> so much cringe. <laughs> My tiptoe in the line. All right. Would I rather have B.O. that I don't know yeah. or smell the B.O on all the hoes. <laughs> I'd much rather... Yeah, dude, I'm a fucking narcissistic person. Enough that I would, would rather not smell it on everybody else because... But yeah. No, I hate the question. I think I'd rather smell it on other people, to be honest, because if I smell it on myself... Oh, no, you can't smell it on yourself, right? You have no idea. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Fuck it, whatever. I wouldn't be self-conscious. I wouldn't even know. And I would only attract the people that like my natural scent. I'd be surrounded by people who actually like me for me, you know? That's where I'm going with that. Let me pass it on over to... The next person in the randomizer. And I always wanted to know what, what a winner smelled yeah. like. <laughs> he did win that argument. Very good. <laughs> All right. Next up is Ryan. Oh, hey, hey, everybody. Howdy ho. Um, and, the, and this really uh, brain buster. I, I would, uh, I'd rather be the sneaky one because <laughs> I don't want to smell that shit. And nobody was next to me in the movie theater. And it'd be great. I wouldn't have to deal with stupid strangers as much. Very good. So we have two for rather have BO. Very good. All right, Mr. Chris. What do you got for us? All right, hola Wranglers out there, Chris here. Uh, you know, in this in this aspect, I always viewed myself as my own uh, protagonist. So I think in this situation, I would take the smelliness of the world upon me, so that the rest of the world can hell in peace. Modern day hero, modern day, what a champion, one of the people. <laughs> Just uh, you know, I, I idolize Morpheus, who also can't smell anything. See what we can do from there, giving it back to the people. You can smell everything. That's not part of the question. You're gonna smell everybody's bo. Right. I never saw the matrix I guess, I, yeah like like you're in the matrix so you can't smell stuff actually i guess question is there you probably could smell taste things in the matrix huh it's, yes. it's whatever the we matrix are. wants you to believe it tastes like Chris, we are in the matrix all a simulation like cypher knew that jake wasn't st- st- the steak wasn't juicy and delicious but he didn't care because he felt what it. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, maybe you should watch the fucking movie. I will watch the fucking movie. I apologize to all the (laughs) cowpokes out there. I want everyone to smell my BO. So we have three for smell like BO because I wouldn't know it. I don't care. I don't want to smell anyone else. Very good. Uh, And with that, Chris, you are the winner this week. Congratulations. Um, I have just um, instituted 
point system, you win uh, oh. one point. Very good. I, uh, one point for don't feel Claw. good about glossing over the fact that Angel hasn't seen The Matrix. What? what, what what's like wrong with that? Okay. Everything. It's like the best movie of all time. Okay, what? Steven. The best movie of all time, really? <laughs> the top the ten best movie, dude? Because yeah. I don't think there's such thing as the best movie of all time, so it's all on like your Mount Rushmore, and that's fucking George Washington. Baby. No, there's a clear winner for top movie of all time, okay? And I'm going to break it down, what that movie is. Ocean's it's fucking stupid. God. That is the best <laughs> movie of all time, dude. That is the for that reason, I'm out. Is it the George Clooney <laughs> one or is it the shitty? Uh, no, not the original. One. I tried to watch it and I got out like yeah, after. So that, so that proves that the remake can't be the best movie of all time because remakes are never better than the original. Wait. The Matrix is aging like fine wine. That's the one with Keanu Reeves. Ocean's right? Eleven. Yes. Yes. Don't yes. watch two or three or whatever. Just just only watch John the Wick, right? Yes. yes, he is John Wick. Yes. Yeah, John Wick. He's also Agent Johnny Utah. You ever seen Point yeah. Break? It's not a comedy. Oh my God. I only watch comedies. He's also in Cyberpunk. Puss in Boots. What's Cyberpunk? Cyberpunk, the video game. Keanu Reeves made an impression there. He pulls you out of the scrapyard. Cyberpunk 27. How do you not know what Cyberpunk is? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I got a good one. It's supposed to be the greatest game of all time. Cyberpunk. I think I thought of a new name for us, and it's the Turd Blasters because we just shoot the shit. You know what I'm saying? That's Ooh, good. That's, that's good. Good. I like that one. Oh, this game. I thought it sucked because it never got finished. Yeah. No, it's good now. They kind of finished it. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Anyway. Off the rails. So hey, sir. that's a good name. Off the Ooh, rails. I'm sure that's not taken. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we're going to jump into our topics, starting with, again, the randomizer. We're going to start with Chris. Oh, oh baby. My time today? to shine. Yeah. Well, uh, so I wanted to bring up another segment in Visions Were Made. I like to call this one uh, Business in Our Solutions Department. Set the stage for y'all. It's four years into the American Civil War. Solid stalemate. Not, no one's really making any great progress. They got the Confederates in the South. They were very talented soldiers, very talented generals, but they had less manpower. Union in the North, they had way more manpower, 22 million people. They had great train infrastructure, but their soldiers and generals were just less skilled. So we got Lincoln. He's like, guys, we can't do this thing forever. His idea is, let's just attack the capital of the South. So he asked his general to go do that. And the first guy couldn't do it. The second guy didn't want to do it. Third guy didn't want to do it. The fourth guy couldn't do it. The fifth guy didn't want to do it. But the sixth guy's like, I'll do it. He's like, thank you. Uh, and then the last bit of information we need to know about that is uh, on the Confederate side, we had Robert E. Lee was just running circles. So set, really set the stage. Grant moves to attack Richmond, but he said, the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to attack the supply depot in Pittsburgh, and that's where we're at. But I wanted to take a small second to talk about the uh, family members we got at what time uh, they were in there. So something I was looking back was my family lives in the South. They live in Arkansas, Missouri, Virginia. So my family fought for the South, and uh, small tidbit, I found out that my family were land pirates. <laughs> Losers. Is this a fact? This, this is real life? Yes. Documented? A, research, a researched fact. Wow, that's awesome. What's a land pirate? So my, so there was a clan of family members out there, and they lived on the outer banks of North Carolina, and what they would do is, as ships were, like, cruising along, they would take, it like, a donkey and put, like, a lantern on it and go up on the sand dunes, and then the ship in a storm is like, oh, dang, dude, there's a lighthouse right there, safe harbor. So they would come that way, and then they're like, uh-oh, and they would see the rocks, and they would crash into the rocks, and then my family would wait for everyone to either die or swim ashore, and then they would paddle out there and check their <laughs> shit. All right. <laughs> That's the funniest shit. Oh, my God. 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 O
funniest thing I've ever heard. Where did you learn this? It's like Charles Darwin stuff, dude. My uncle looked back. Uh, that section we were just talking about, uh, he said took place like right before the Revolutionary War, so kind of like early 1700s, but he managed to get uh, find the lineage through various East Coast uh, items there. But I started looking at this. I know the Young family is from Michigan. Is there a lot of folks in Michigan, Stephen? I have a full-ass family in Michigan, yeah. So I'm assuming they fought for the North. No, they came from Germany. Most of my ancestors came in the late, like mid-1800s from Germany to the United States. Oh. Perfect. They, they were the came during the middle of eight... young homes, yeah. And France. Young... I don't think they went straight awesome. to Michigan. So... I'm sure they went, went to New York and then kind of filtered over from there. I don't know if they well, maybe they did. Never never got back that far. Then I don't know about my mom's side. Really gotcha. don't. What about you, Religa? Oh, oh my Any, uh... in the nineteen hundred. Uh oh. We're in like, right. Ladies and gentlemen, technical difficulties here at here at the studio. Yeah, all excited. Talk about his family <laughs> fight for it. Oh, and there it goes. <laughs> hey. All right. While we wait for him to come back, the question was if our family fought in the in the Civil War. What they were up to at that time period. If you have you know, I just had this random fun fact, so just seeing if Nell's got anything cool history wise. Oh, my family came from Italy and Poland in the nineteen hundreds, so I didn't get the we didn't witness the uh, Americans fighting each Pretty other. Pretty sure my ancestors were in California at that time. Or previously California was uh Mexico. Poland. And the other half was in France. So yeah, I didn't play too much in this one. Uh, I don't really like much of any I guess I guess Polish sausage will do. They were just bystanders waiting for a winner and they said, Hey, we'll just come in and mop up, you know? That's right. We're gonna find out who the winner is, and then you're our new friend. That's it. Who won? Right. The North. Right? Yep. Yes. Yep. North. Welcome back. Ryan. We totally missed your spiel, Ryan. So if you had any cool family history stuff you want to talk about, feel free to. Gotcha. 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 Poland. What's your favorite Polish food? Some kapasa. Dynamite. Goddamn Poles. <laughs> <laughs> so four years in, Civil War, getting her figured out. They're sieging Petersburg. They said, guys, this Petersburg place is a town that they heavily fortified. They had miles of, like, trenches and berms, and then they had these great big towers built. They had redoubts that I had to look up. So the Union was like, hey, what should we do to, like, pry these guys out of here? And the Confederates were defending it so hard because it was a major train depot. This guy said, I got this idea. What if we dig under them and blow them up? Like, oh, I mean, dig under the towers, walls, the fortifications. We'll just dig under whatever fortifications they had and we'll blow the fortifications. Hmm. Like TNT? So, the it, old TNT barrels? Yeah, right? And I was trying to think, is there anything else you could do? But I guess, I mean, they've been doing this for four years uh, and it wasn't going very well. So I'm assuming he's like, okay, I'm up for ideas. Okay, blow them up. Let's do it. Now, I also want to point out that no one up until this point had tried something like this from like a warfare point of view. They said, let's figure out the technical aspect of it. They said, okay, we need to dig a 500 foot long tunnel and then they made the tunnel like five feet tall so you couldn't even like stand up all the way you're hunched over a you had to hope you didn't hit anything weird uh like mud or rock or something b you had to hope that you were able to locate it properly like don't i guess don't go too far down don't go too far up uh make sure you stay in a somewhat of a straight line understand your distance to make sure that you're at the right spot so there's a lot of things for that but these guys were able to dig it out 50 feet a day and i think the way they're able to do that is they offered a program they said if you guys can reach 50 feet a day Everyone gets two shots of whiskey as a bonus. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Yes. Let's do it. Dude, I'm going for 100. Yeah, now we're talking, right? David has some cool ideas. Like the big thing about mining is you got to keep cycling the air because uh, it gets real stale and nasty down in there. So they had this idea. They did wood tubes, and then they put a fire at one end that would help rotate the, the wind in there. And when I was looking into that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about, does anyone know how wind works? Pressure. Pressure, from, pressure. from temperature, right? Are you talking 
atmospheric pressure. Like, uh, so think about it this way. Let's say if you have a tote on the left that has a heat lamp and you have a tote on the right that has, uh, it's just filled with ice and you have a tube in between the two. If you put smoke in one of those, is it going to travel to the other? And which direction would it go? Well, every time I open up the shower <laughs> window, the cold air comes in. But if I see steam travels to the outside, so that means the heat moves. I think the, the train arrives in like an hour. <laughs> Great time. If you want to figure it out, you want me to distance. explain it to oh, you? No, no, Chris, only you spoil this for I just, I have a question. Are they, are they, uh, are they at the same elevation? Would it matter? Same elevation, just a simple tube in between the two. Mm. And they're both on the level plane. It's just a, pl- it's just a plastic tube. Yeah, it's level. Just the it's tube. Just What's like in the tube? on the left, bucket on the right. But imagine that they push against okay. each other. Plastic tube. Sure question. They meet in the middle. In the middle. Well, like hot air rises. Steam rises, right? But if they're on a level playing field, I guess the hot would, if it's all in a closed system, then the, the heat would create pressure uh, towards the cold. That makes sense. I, that the cold makes would sense. Draw I, I guess with this example, when, when I'm thinking of a tote, I'm thinking it doesn't have a lid on it. So for the for the pressure idea. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it'd be, equilib- like it'd be at equilibrium and there wouldn't be any transfer. When I think of a tote, I think of stoat and I start thinking of inscription in that game. The stoat was funny. We're talking about totes. So, this, so on this YouTube video I'm watching this, which is exactly set up like this, the guy takes a little smoke gun and he puts it on the cold side and when he starts producing smoke the smoke automatically travels down the pipe to the hot side and then it turns and goes up and what? so and then, oh, and then, the hot air is coming out of the tote creating a vacuum in the tube and sucking the cold air through the tube because the hot air coming out of the so the so the hot pull from side, somewhere, you know the, the hot side has just like two big heat lamps on it but the thing is when you heat up air it expands yeah allowing it to get lighter allowing it to rise and kind of creating like that vacuum effect that Stephen was talking about. And then if it would get over and if it traveled over to the cold side, the cold would cause it to start condensing, get closer together. That would cause it to drop and continue the cycle. And then he said, just to prove it, he's going to move the smoke, little smoke gun to the other side to make sure that he's like to prove he wasn't like forcing the smoke through the tube and did on the hot side and it was not traveling towards the That's interesting. I didn't, I guess I had a mental image that was different than what you described because when you started describing it a little more, it started to make more sense. Yeah. So you have to learn the, it for the, the first time, then you kind of make sense. So, so in the Civil War, they they did this exact same thing. It's like a chimney effect, yeah, yeah like that. Now, the second thing I want to point out is the army was given no tools. So, like, if you wanted to dig a mine, what's an important tool that you would like? Pickaxe. Yep, no pickaxes. Shovel, maybe? No shovels. So, they had to go make all of their own digging equipment tools. So, I'm assuming they, they kind of made shovels, and they were able to make 50 feet a day. So, it goes for them. That whiskey goes a long ways. I want to put that out there to all the bosses listening. If you want to energize your employees, two shots of whiskey should do it. Give them incentive. Let's go. <laughs> So, so then the army said, okay, this is what I need. I need 8,000 pounds of powder, and I need 500 feet of fuses, but I want them in 100-foot sections, and I want them to be waterproof. They received 10-foot strips of non-waterproof fuses. So if you had the 100-foot section, you just got to tie five pieces together. But instead, you have these 10-foot sections, so that means you get to tie 50 of these things together along the way. They had to braid this giant thing. So the guy ordering it was like, I just took his two shots and was like, all right, I'm going on Amazon and getting whatever. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think it was just a byproduct of, you know, you make a request to upper management, and they're like, yeah, I'm not going to give you that. Figure it out. Dang. Okay. So they put the powder down there and everything, and they ran the fuses. So now that stage was set. Now, who's going to do it? The Union had a black regiment and a white regiment. They were having the white regiment do a lot of stuff so the black regiment was kind of like rested 
didn't have a whole lot going on. So they picked the black regiment. They said, hey, we're going to have you train for this. For like a few days, they're like, okay. They pretend the bomb goes off. They're like, we're going to run in. We're going to do this wheel remove. We're going to do this wheel maneuver to make sure that we can protect the flanks. Then we're going to move into the city because there's a goal in mind. You're not just going to blow this thing up. You need to get into the city. So stage was set. We're 15 hours out. The general comes up and says, Hey, I'm pulling the black regiment. Use this other white regiment over here. I want them to go. I don't know if it was like a glory thing or what, but they took a group of people 15 hours before, had no idea what they're doing. It's like, hey, you're going to be doing this next. Second one is they changed the commander to this guy called Ledley. And the way that they did that is they pulled a name out of the hat. They're just like, okay, it looks like it's going to be Ledley. Ledley, you're going to lead the assault. Good luck. Now, thing about Ledley is he did not talk to his troops on what they're going to do. And he was an alcoholic. And on game day, he showed up drunk. So the boom is supposed to go off at three. 30 a.m. They lit it. It was supposed to go off at 3.30. Nothing happens. At 4.15, no explosion. What do you do? Gotcha. So so it's funny to hear Ryan saying that because that's exactly what they did. They said, hey, hey, you, take this flammable torch, walk, <laughs> walk down into this tube where we're waiting for something to blow up and let me know how far away till it blows up. Like, like imagine being that guy. You're like, I could take three steps and it could go boom and I get blown to bits. But whatever, I'll be the guy to go, to go down there and check it. So it was one long fuse. Right? No, no, no. It was 10-foot increments. So it was 50 10-foot increments tied together. And it stopped at some point? Well, the fuse went so out? based on their calculations, it should have blown up at 3.30. But 45 minutes later, it hadn't blown up. So they didn't know what happened. So they sent a guy in there. The guy goes in there, and he finds out that the fuse got wet. So he cut off the bad stuff, relit it, came back out. 4.45. Boom! This must have been like one of the biggest explosions these guys had seen at the time. It created a crater 60 feet by 30 feet. The redoubt and tower that was above it completely blown to pieces. It was just imagine you're defending your castle and just a giant section of the wall just gets blown up. Very Game of Thrones, the green fire stuff, like definitely one of those. Wild fire. Oh, wild fires, that what it was. <laughs> he so, knows what it's called. I love it. <laughs> so the troops just run down into the middle of the crater and stop. They're like, wait, what was the next step in the plan? The Confederates are trying to put themselves together. They're like, what just happened? This like, I, I haven't even seen something like this in my life. Well, they kind of rally themselves and get straightened up, get organized, and then they go to the edge of the crater and they see this Union group sitting down there in the middle figuring out what to do. They open fire and blow them away like shooting fish in a barrel and they repelled the Union and that assault didn't work. So, that's the story, but I want to ask you guys, what was the key error that happened here? Well, they got the fuse wet. Fuse wet? No, even if they didn't get the fuse wet, they still would have been in the they still would have been in the same situation. They were so obsessed with digging this tunnel and blowing it up, they didn't think of like the next step. Right. They're like, what's the point oh. of blowing up the barricades? I think that's just like a typical man thing to do. Like, I just want to blow shit up. Like, I think every man can relate to that. <laughs> you know, like if we blow it up, obviously we win. Oh, for sure. It's like I don't know. What do you think was the main error of their ways, Chris? Leadership, that there was mm. the guy from, so from soup to nuts, like imagine you're sitting in a meeting, someone comes up with a great idea, and it truly is a fantastic idea. You're like, oh, let's do that, but you didn't give him enough time, you didn't give him the tools, uh, you didn't give him clear direction, you didn't give the people below him clear direction, and the largest thing that drove me nuts was no one understood why they were doing this. Like, there wasn't, we're doing this because we need to get through the defenses and sack the city, and and they didn't really think that through. And I just laughed at the commander they put in charge there was just like a raging alcoholic. And he was just drunk the whole time. And he had no idea what was going on. 
top to bottom, poor leadership on explaining well, at least what they, they were drunk. At least they had lots of whiskey. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe that was a downfall. They're just drunk all the time. They're probably loud in the tunnels, so everybody knew they were there. Right. Where do you find these little ex- excerpts that you find of these different wars? Just like drunk yeah, history kind of on YouTube or something? Close. The like the pig war one was on oversimplified on YouTube. The one about World War Two was just Googling. And then this one in particular is from an audiobook I'm listening to. It's called Great Military Blunders. And so it just talks about things like this where you had this glorious opportunity to like push it home and come up with a great ingenious idea and then you just uh, what was it called? Uh, it is called, I think it was called Great Historical Blunders, and it's on Audible. What was, like, the name of this part of the, like, what battle maybe it was associated with? The siege of... So our viewers out there who are thoroughly intrigued can get more knowledge. <laughs> it is the Siege of Petersburg. Mm-hmm. If you look that up on Wikipedia, they have a section that explains it, too. Yeah. So, and then the, it looks like the audiobook I was listening to was History's Great Military Blunders and the Lessons They Teach. <laughs> All you turd burglars out there, make sure you do your homework. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right, though, Chris. I agree with the leadership portion because a lot of what you described in the story could have been taken care of from the top, you know, especially, you know, Stephen was pointing to this. It was the it was wet and they gave specific parameters what needed to be how long and and they put a lot of thought into the environment and typically you know you walk into these meetings someone gets a high five for hey we saved cost on this and that and you know they they sometimes promotions come from that and unfortunately a lot of people fail upwards for that so yeah that and and ultimately it led to to the demise so i i like when you were describing the the blowing up in my mind it just reminded me of like a looney tunes cartoon just like boom and everything just flew up in the air and everything and walks in like where'd they go a wily coyote type deal there uh, imagine being the confederate soldier that you caught the roadrunner what do I do? Yeah, right <laughs> imagine being the confederate soldier that you're just like you're in the tower maybe you're sleeping maybe you're shooting the breeze you're like gambling with the other guys and the next thing you know your whole tower gets upended out of nowhere do they not have scouts like just kind of patrolling the area knowing that they're digging a fucking tunnel under their shit what's that noise i don't know <laughs> But see that that's the point that the the because the union had to think about that and they even said you know they didn't have wheelbarrows or anything so what they had to do is they just had buckets of dirt and they had to carry it out the back of the tunnel real quietly and go drop it off somewhere so that the confederates didn't be like why are they displacing all that dirt they must be digging something like it completely caught the confederates off, off guard well, what did you do before you died oh i don't know i just fucking moved buckets of dirt out of a tunnel for like <laughs> and then i got fucking shot in the head i got a lot of shots <laughs> It's just like, what a way to go out. Yeah, man. so so if, you, that was if, beautiful. If, if you're at work and you're in a meeting and some guy has a great idea, make sure the proper attention goes to that so that you can carry through yeah. that great so, idea. So, yeah, if we, get, we complete this, then what? What is the plan for after the tower falls? So, but it's like they just put, like, a demo guy in charge of the whole yes. group, and so, like, they're so short-sighted. Like, can't just take, like, a engineer and make him in charge of a whole project. I mean, he's good at, like, designing the building, but, like, who's Who's going to market the units? Who's going to sell the property? Who's going to get a tenant? Who's going to do all this stuff afterwards? You know, the engineer is not going to know anything like that. I think it's just poor leadership, not only from whoever was the foreman or in charge of the tunnel, but also from whoever created this group of people to do it in the first place. They just kind of like, all right, go do this. And they just left them alone and it happened, you know? Yep. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think they probably just forgot that they even told it. <laughs> Some dude's like, I forgot that we even told them to dig that tunnel. I can't believe they did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, probably a joke. We're going to keep, keep these guys busy. Tell them to go dig yeah, a tunnel God, for I a think month. gave up on that a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I told him, hey, go fucking dig a tunnel yeah. under it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it. <laughs> I could imagine the initial meeting where, like, General Grant was like, hey, guys, there's these bad defenses. We need to do something about it. And this guy's like, I'll blow up the defenses. They're like, fantastic, let's blow up the defenses. But then that was it. His sole focus was just blowing up the towers, and he didn't think of anything else, not even any kind of, what do we do after the towers are out of the way? What was the decision that was made? I think the decision was made to follow through with something like digging the tunnel and getting the explosives and everything they they went down the road of something without thinking about the why they are doing that the why got left out which i think is unfortunate and I, I feel like that still happens like today right i mean how about that bullet train to vegas right we're gonna have that any day now no, i can't isn't wait it like officially getting permitted or something isn't it like breaking ground something like that but it's like multiple times over the budget already yeah well anything like that this day and age is going to be way over budget no matter what like they're going to give them some optimistic budget to get it approved and underway and then little by little keep it uh, change ordered to death this increases 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 but if they can't do it from barstow to vegas they're never going to do it anywhere because that's the most wide open land for so long you just build it on the side of the freeway how like if you get there's no problem you're gonna get a little bit of like environmental pushback on coyotes that live out there or the uh jackrabbits or certain flies or anything like that but it's not nearly as bad as if you were going through Certain flies. Yeah. Well, I had a project in Ontario that there was a tsetse fly that I had to do a survey to make sure they were not in the area in order before I broke ground. The fact that the government the gave or something. these environmentalists the time of day just is like the downfall of the United States. It's like the downfall of the United States, just completely. Like, I get it. You do have to care about the environment. You do have to care about certain species. But a tsetse fly? Like, so what if we wipe out like that tsetse fly in that area? Who gives a fuck? You know, like it stops all of the, like one dude in his basement that's like a etymologist or whatever the insect it is, you know, he's like geeking out over this fly and he's causing a stink and we listen to the one person, right? The lengths that we'll go to and how much does that cost the project, yep. right? This one dude who's getting his little panties in a bunch over a fly is going to cost the city and taxpayers and the business developers hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions. For what? It seems like every time I've come across those, it seems like the schedule is by far what suffered the worst. Like, especially like nesting bird season there's a season for that so the idea is you kind of need to start your construction and get the trees out of the way before the birds come to nest because if they do show up you're just like okay well we're we're down for six months but i think the same principle applies to the flies i don't think they I don't know, they have a nesting season but they probably have a season where they're active so you'd want to do your construction before they show oh, up no we wiped out all the mosquitoes in this area oh no <laughs> Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, speaking of the rail job, I got I found a real good article on the rail job. I'm gonna send in the text for chat. You guys want to take a look real quick? One to Vegas. I mean, but Spirit Airlines yeah. and Southwest are flying me to Vegas for like seventy bucks. Ooh, that's a good deal. So your flight gets canceled. I also fear for my <laughs> for my life. Expected travel time for this rail is two and a quarter hours, but I don't know if that's from Los. That's from downtown Los Angeles. Top speed. It's twice as fast as driving from Los Angeles. And zero emission electric screen sets. 
Expected top speed of 180. Are you looking at the same link I am? Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I sent the wrong link. <laughs> <laughs> I just read it. Oh, shit. Hold on. I got to read it. I got to read it. Oh, oh, all right. Well, <laughs> I saw squirts. Gone, dude. Gone. Nothing. <laughs> Sorry about that, uh, listeners. They didn't see uh, it or read it. <laughs> so for the listeners out there, uh, Angel thought he copied yeah, yeah, the yeah, link. Yeah. But he yeah, like, I was like, I the link that he had copied, which happened to be about some Reddit thread of someone squirting and I was not able to investigate further because <laughs> I was very <laughs> so there's no evidence there's no evidence on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Steve, 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 Steve is talking about like oh yeah it's, it's gonna be from here to here they're gonna reach this top speed I was I was like I don't think they're up to 1.8 knots but the speed yeah, is increasing I picked my own article I didn't even good thing I didn't click on angels might have been in for a wet surprise <laughs> So, key facts of the rail between Las Vegas and downtown Los Angeles. Expected travel time, uh, two and a quarter hours. Route is twice as fast as driving, zero emissions, top speed of 180, 400,000 tons of CO2 removed annually by reducing 3 million vehicles. Cool. Connections to Metrolink and planned future connections. Oh, wow, look at that. Convenient station location on the Vegas Strip, I-15. Approximately 50 million one-way trips are made annually between blah, 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 blah. Okay, a bunch of bullshit. Let's see if it's actually... It's just like, Does it plan to stop at Eddie's World? The hell is Eddie's World? I imagine... Ice cream place. Like, Miami Eddie's World? Station. Oh, oh. Line is I don't know. I'm assuming they would have one stop in Baker, and then after that, it would be like... Zoom. But this website I'm on shows only stops is in Palmdale, Victor Valley... San Bernardino and downtown Los Angeles. So it would go. The hardest part would be developing this. I doubt it would even get developed into like Los Angeles without connecting to existing rails. Any day now, I feel like it would sure. be like a taxi system where you'd hop on like a Metro link to Victorville or you would just drive up to Victorville and then get on there at a big park and ride kind of thing. Because you could develop in the desert. I mean, you're not dealing with a lot of uh, real estate lawsuits or anything, property battles. And then, of course, once you get to the border, you might get off at the border. Now, Bullet train. Uh, that's what I thought the original plan was Barstow to Las Vegas. Was the original. Yeah, because they already got a train system up to Barstow at this point. So kind of utilize that and just get the last leg. But my company did some projects in Vegas. There's this thing out in Vegas called Caliche. You guys heard about it? No. It's basically like, just imagine no. like sand that gets compressed and dried out and it pushed into like a stone. So it's like a sandstone, but it feels like concrete. So after in Vegas, they're driving one of the D9 tractors and they get held up. We're like uh, grading for a foundation for this project. Big tractor got stuck. So he gave it a little bit more gas, a little bit more gas. And it snapped the ripper off the back of the D9. Because it's just this massive collection where it's all congealed. So the way that you handle that is with dynamite. So the correlation that I see here is we are going to create a rail system from Barstow to Vegas. It's going to need to go underground. And we're going to need to use dynamite to blast our way there. Welcome to the Siege of San I feel like you just built it in Minecraft. You got dynamite, TNT, you got a railway, sandstone. Potatoes. Yeah, they got potatoes. In <laughs> that war was nuts. All right. With that, thank you, Chris. That was really interesting. Very entertaining. Thank you so much. Uh, let's jump into the next batting order. Ryan, you're up next, sir. What did you bring us? I see this very uh, attractive woman. Oh, you find her attractive, do you? I say it so I don't offend her, so she doesn't haunt. Oh, wait, me. Angel, did you? Are you <laughs> what do you mean, Angel? Are you looking at the same link I'm looking at? 
Oh, that's right. Okay, okay. Sorry, the pod main. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's hot. She's hot. Why, why did you ask if she'll haunt you? Uh, yeah, well, fuck. I'm no, I haven't heard the story yet. I might regret it. You might. I, I feel like you would never ask someone to haunt you. <laughs> Pretty sure. Well, think of someone. Well, let me tell you about this tale. This is this, this painting is called "The Woman in the Rain," and it was painted by Svetlana Telets of Ukraine, Rushed and in. she painted this painting shortly after uh, graduating from the prestigious. Ukrainian art school, Grekov, Odessa. And she graduated in 1996. Is that in Texas? That's recent. No, it's in Ukraine. Oh, I heard Odessa. Okay. No, no, no. Odessa is the name of the art school. The Grekov, Odessa art school. Okay, sorry. In Ukraine. Anyway, she was happy when she graduated, but for six months after graduating, she felt very uneasy. And she, she just feels like she remembers being watched for six months of her life. But she grew accustomed to this and she'd push thoughts away. Then one morning, she sat in front of a blank canvas. And when she was thinking in her mind, what what am I going to paint today? She closed her eyes and in her mind's eye, she saw the image of exactly what we're looking at on our, our Google Doc, of the, the woman in the rain. So she began to paint and the painting was completed. For the most part, about 90% of it was done within five hours. And she said this didn't feel like she, how she always paints. This time it felt like she wasn't really doing the painting, but she was a painter's tool. But she set it aside and over the next month or so, she slowly completed the last 10% of it. And a month later, the painting was done. And shortly after that, she sold it. She sold her first professional painting. She was now officially a professional artist. Now, even though she sold the painting, this, this uh, feeling of joy was, was short-lived. What do you think happened next, Angel? I think um, she got into... Uh, uh, she, she, you know what? You know what happened? I'm going to tell you exactly what happened, okay? What happened? What happened? She went to the corner store, okay? And she went to go buy some lottery tickets. She wanted to hit it big. And mm-hmm. um, she found her painting in the in the bin, the clearance mm-hmm. bin. That's what she did. She found her right, painting. Right, in the clearance right. bin. Close, close, but not quite. So the first buyer was a businesswoman, successful businesswoman. She paid for it in cash, and when she got it home, she hung it in her bedroom. And then um, two weeks later, she she took it back to Svetlana, and she said, "Please take away this painting. I cannot sleep. It seems as if there's someone in the apartment beside me. I even took it off the wall." And hid it in the closet, but it doesn't help. I still feel the presence. So she returned it. I didn't hear that last part. Can you do that one again? Delano is very upset. Yeah, what did she say? Delano is very upset, Stephen. <laughs> We've moved on. So Svetlana is upset that her first sale has been returned. But it wasn't long until a second buyer arrived. This was a young man, and he too hung the subject in his living room. And what do you think happened next, Stephen? I'm going to tell you what happened next, Ryan. I'm going to tell you. After he hung that painting, what happened next? He was snuggled by the most beautiful <laughs> woman a man has ever laid eyes on every night but every night he turned over to see that beautiful face there was mm-hmm. nobody there and he got the heebie-jeebies Ooh, you know, you're very close Stephen. so the young man returned to Svetlana painting in hand and returned it and to her he said i dream about it. every night she appears and follows me like a shadow so he did see her every single night it was very uneasy and he returned the painting Delano was once again very upset now a third buyer came in and this buyer already knew about the painting's strange reputation and he wanted it for that very reason what do you think happened next Chris? Uh, if he already had a little bit of insight for it I'm assuming he probably bought it and hung it over his bed and then he probably like slept <laughs> naked and was like I'm right here lady come find me that is a true man <laughs> no 
No. Oh, no, Christopher. Not even close? I'll tell you what happened next. This man also returned to painting, and he said, At first, I didn't notice how white her eyes were, and then they began to appear everywhere. It seemed like they got a little bit bigger, and I would drown them in, and then I'd rather buy something classic, he continued, and then returned the painting and went to another art gallery. Even the man prepared for the painting could not handle the haunting of the painting. Now, in 2008, the painting did find its final home by a man of Sergei Tkachako from the band Zamline. Now, this man and his wife had a, had a great relationship until they got the painting. And then uh, as soon as he brought it home, they started to fight. And then one time when uh, Sergei went on tour, the woman hid the painting in an undisclosed location. Nobody now knows where it is but uh, Sergei's wife. But she still says that she sees the woman in the rain in the corner of her eye to this day. Wow. She didn't return the painting? What's wrong with her? Got chills. Never returned the painting. It's hidden somewhere in this world. The woman in the rain is hidden. I'm not fucking with that shit. You know, I'm looking at this painting, and it just looks like a creepy painting. Why would I want to hang that in my house? Because it pulls you in. That's true art, Christopher. Is that what it is? You go in there, something speaks to you, and, and, and she just makes you want to take her home. I want rainbows and happy faces on my wall. Oh, bridges. To this day, I believe to be a cursed object. Do you believe in cursed objects? Uh, yes, I do, because, I, because no? I had one. I actually had a cursed painting. Whoa! Well, yeah, I got rid of it, and then I went away, but there were weird things that would happen but um when you said she was painting and in her words she was painting she was the painter's tool it reminded me of like what a ouija board would do but it's a specific thing that uh, investigators will do where they will take that same planchette put a pencil and then put it on paper and allow whatever energies are around them to draw out something, whatever they want to show them. That reminded me a lot of that. Yeah, I can see that. You ever play with the Ouija board? I fucked with the Ouija board. No, no. Uh, I would not fuck with a Ouija board. I also would not fuck with a cursed object. I don't know if I necessarily believe in it, but like, I don't really want to find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that briefcase that was in your attic, Steve. Uh, well, when we moved into this house... The home inspector said, hey, uh, I was doing an inspection in your attic and there's an old briefcase, like luggage thing up there, kind of like hidden amongst the insulation. And uh, I hadn't bought the house yet. So I was like, oh, shit, like, I don't know. It could have like valuables in it. It could not. Like, I don't want to say anything about it because I kind of want to. I want to check it out at the house. And long story short, I opened it up after I bought the house and there was nothing in it. But also I was like thinking, you know what? That uh, home inspector might have took a little peeksie in there while he was uh, looking at it. Yeah, there's a briefcase up there. Maybe there's something valuable in it. You know, like it's like he didn't open it and would have taken stuff out. I could see that. I mean, he'd like to think that he's, you know, honorable about it, but I can see how someone could want to take something. But, you know, it could have it could have been empty. It could have been like a cursed object. Then he took the cursed object out of your house. Yeah, took so. it outside, opened it up and threw it away. Yeah, never got haunted. Yeah, you could have saved you know, Actually, season. there was uh, the the lady that owned the house before me. She actually died in the house in the master bedroom where I sleep. <laughs> what the fuck? You never said that. Is your house haunted? I don't know. I have had some funny experiences that night, but everything I've heard about this old lady that used to live here was that she was the sweetest, family-oriented mama. Cooked big family dinners, invited the neighbors over. Like, just was like a like a foundational member of the neighborhood. So. If I'm going to get haunted by anything, it'd be like this sweet old lady, you know? I'm okay.
okay with that. I'm not really scared of it. Haunted yeah. with family dinner. <laughs> like I'm getting fed spaghetti by a ghost. That's That's but I have like had weird shit happen in the closet while I'm sleeping. Like the sleep paralysis episode that we did. <laughs> it's, definitely... it's so good. <laughs> Fuck around, find out. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> felt like something was in the closet that night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if I recall. Yeah, think about the woman in the rain tonight, Stephen. Well, yeah. yeah, they were like, we do have to disclose that somebody did die in this house or whatever they want to say the technical terms for it <laughs> i was like okay discount <laughs> no she died peacefully in her sleep she wasn't she wasn't That's murdered yeah it was like kind of natural just, causes. let's forget about that as fast as possible okay but the house has been haunt free i think i think there should be a challenge here uh, i think somebody should print out this super spooky thing and just tape it to your wall for the night and see what happens fuck you i'm putting it in all your rooms what we could do is like a little seance with a Ouija board to see if we can get her to talk. <laughs> Brian. Hell no. It has, to, it has to be the original. That's a terrible idea. The copies don't have the same effect. <laughs> Not a terrible idea. She's a nice old lady. It <laughs> sounds like you were doing an anime spiel, oh. Steven. You're like, <laughs> oh, Chris, which you don't understand is I understand the underworld. Okay? <laughs> it's kind of like it, it, that aspect. You're like, oh, we should do X and see if we get any feedback. I'm like, well, no, but the problem is what if you do get feedback? Then you're like, okay, I take it back. I didn't want feedback from there's a part of me. Like there's that. part of my, there's part of my soul that would be extremely <laughs> at peace if I ever made contact with the other side, because you would have verified that there's the other side and that would put your solar like to some sort of ease, you know? Well, there you go. Like the, 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 the quietness. But, but why? I don't feel that way at all. I feel panic because it's like, Jesus Christ, I mean, what if you're taking a poop and then what if someone's there? It's like, you're, you're free, go away. I got a poop and then you can't get them to shoo and they don't know that they're there. Like they didn't see other people poop. If they're dead and they've been dead forever and they look and see you, they've definitely seen a million poops. They would be bored of it by now. Big eyes taking a shit out here. Inconvenient. <laughs> Do you think that energy that's left behind is stuck in an infinite loop in whatever they were stuck in previously or before they died or a traumatic event? Or do you believe that they're actually a sentient being that roams around? Yeah. Uh, oh, the, um, like a demon, like energy kind of thing? Or are you just talking about. Which one? I think, well, like, if we're talking about cursed objects, I mean, something's bound to that object, right? So they're not free to roam around. Yeah, free will to kill. That's actually a good question. Um, I'm I'm not talking about demon. I think Angel's theory is was like the environment record events, and it's kind of like you're just seeing a recording of the past versus that ghost is actively choosing to go after mm. something. You're feeling an energy. Well, that's how like curses happen, right? It's like some nasty event has happened, and right? It, puts that energy on an object or an environment or a room or something in that room like has an infinite loop of evil curse yeah i don't know man i haven't fucked around and found out too much <laughs> i started thinking about um what evil was so in the same sense as what could be like good haunts or good curses where like something really awesome happened in a place and then like it had that like such positive and amazing energy forever Mm-hmm. I think they're called blessings. Well, yeah, they, they have that same thing. Like, you know, they, they say that they, they have the shroud that, like, Jesus was covered in in the tomb. They have a piece of the cross, and they say that those have, like, healing qualities about them. I saw this one video on YouTube where, like, there was, like, mysterious water trickling out of, like, a Jesus statue somewhere in the Middle East. And everybody was, like, flocking to it, thinking that it was, like, some holy water, some miracle of Christ, or something like that. It ended up 
being that there was like a bathroom like upstream, like several like meters away, there was like a bathroom that like had a pipe that had leaked and it was leaking out through the stash. <laughs> <laughs> Shit happens. Shit happens. Jesus toast and all that. That's it's well, it's funny. I'm gonna tell you, Ryan. I I believe in this. Sorry, God, Chris. Oh, I was I was just gonna say it's it's funny because you can come across like this this water could just come randomly coming up out of the ground. I feel like you have you know there's we we dig wells in places, but you also just come across like natural springs. And when I was when I was hunting in Colorado, we were up at the top of this mountain, and I feel like I, it was like right where the tree line stopped, and there were all these creeks that I had to keep stepping over that were coming down the hill. So I went up to the edge of the tree line, and it was literally just like just bubbling right up out of the ground mm. coming here there everywhere wow. so. you ever think about, all you need is someone to put a jesus statue on top of it you ever think about you know, like, all you need is how magical the world was before science ruined everything i don't think it was yeah. science that ruined i think it was the internet no. i mean back in the day the whole like just take the hawaiian islands for example <laughs> back then dude the sun coming up out of the ocean was like magical it was a blessing from the heavens this sun is rising up out of the ocean there's an ocean god maui all these things right it was magical. They could pray to something. They had all this hope and, I don't know, mystery that made everything magical. And now the scientists ruined it for them. Like, no, nah, it's actually a fucking burning ball of gas. It's like a million miles away. I'm <laughs> know-it-all ruined it for everybody. Actually, that's like a fucking burning ball of gas that's in, like, nuclear fission and just blah, 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 blah. Your god is fake and you're going to die. Science. Why, why is everything why is everything blacking out um that's actually an eclipse of the sun it can either be the sun's on the other side or sometimes the moon is in the way so that's nothing magical it's just rocks floating we out can't there. just pray to the forest god and get more deer I don't, <laughs> that sucks it hasn't worked yet there are pros and cons i think the pro for that is there's they stop virgin sacrifices on volcanoes and i don't think dungeons and dragons would have ever come out because dungeons and dragons that was like the time of it right so after post you uh, yeah yeah so yeah, uh, that's. Uh... <laughs> I keep staring at this woman, and I'm like, "What the hell? I want to print you. I want to print. I want to print this woman. I want to print the woman and put her on my wall. Do it. Do it, Angel. Fuck around and find out. <laughs> turn that up to eleven. I, I, but I do believe in this 100. percent I know I've, I've poo pooed a lot of your stuff, Ryan, in the past. Um, it's weak sauce. This is this is legit. 100. percent Oh, I got I got angel yeah, dudes, right? Ryan's coming to us with some real source material now. They're the Nixon real. Library is right by my house, and I swear, next time I'm there, I need to I need to look <laughs> into the, in the diary. Do it. Do it. <laughs> so, so me and my bro went and checked out Aliens for 24 hours. It was fantastic. That was uh, episode three, ladies and gentlemen. Episode three. Ryan talks about aliens. Episode three. Take a listen. All right. Thank you, Ryan, for your submission. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Well, well done. And I was surprised with how, how well it developed. These are good topics this week. And uh, I, ex I have high expectations for yours, Stephen. Um, what, what did you bring for us today? So this is my secret topic of the week. It's actually a three-month undercover investigation into the online mobile gaming world that I've been doing. Uh, I haven't told you guys about it. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to entitle this segment, uh, The World of Online Mobile Gaming, an expose. All right, all right. So this is how it gets started. So this is a story about taking a deep dive into like the mobile app gaming world and the shocking things that I discovered. It all started around three months ago when I was playing a lot of golf and I'd get home and I'd be like still thinking about golf. And I'm like, man, I should download a game and continue my golf fun while I'm at home. So 
I get on the Google Play Store and I start searching around for different like games, golf games. And I downloaded a couple and like I ended up with this one game called Golf Clash. The game I had a while back, it was pretty fun. I think Chris played it and Ricky played it. Yes. Um, so I had some saved data there, but I haven't played it for like three years. So like all the dudes that I'm playing against are like their clubs, the balls they use, everything is like so far. <laughs> okay. The angel's showing it on his screen right now, but dude, yeah, they're, they're like yeah. equipment is so far superior than mine that I can't compete with them. So I'm like, oh, I got to up grade my clubs like in the game like you can either like play a bunch and earn experience and get better clubs or you can like buy packs or like buy chests that like give you random stuff and like the little items are uh i don't know like a dollar 99 or 99 cents or something you could buy like a crate and you can unlock the crate and you get a random gotta get that crate dude you got like the 99 cent ones the dollar 99 ones they're like bullshit like the grays the common items like you want, you want like, no, dude, you, you want, want the, the purples, purples or the blue items? Dude, that shit's like $4.99 yeah. for a crate. And these crates are like lottery crates too. So you don't, you get like a random, you know, but like the good shit, like you want to compete, you want to be a good at this game. Like the good shit is in crates that are $99. What? <laughs> the price, the prices for these like crates and these items range from 99 cents to $99. Like if you look on the Google Play Store, the in-app purchases, like that's the range of shit. So I'm like, dude, I'm not going to spend that much money. Like I got to find a different way to upgrade my clubs. So they had like this section of the store and I'm like, who who the fuck plays for that? Like maybe some kid with daddy's credit card or something. Yeah. Hey! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm right now. <laughs> yeah. I am playing it. And so I, uh, yeah. And so <laughs> there's a section on the, like, the shop area that says, like, you can, like, earn free gems, earn free things to unlock these clubs. And so I click on that. I'm like, okay, how can I earn these free gems? Like, okay, download this other games. Like, they have another list of games. And they said, play these other games. And as you earn achievements in those games, you'll get gems in this game. And I'm like, okay, cool. Oh. The pyramid scheme. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I can play this other game, just bullshit my way through that, earn points, and then play the game I really want to play. So that's where the fun begins. I look at the list, and um, the one that would get me the most points uh, was this, like, Mafia game. I don't know if any of you guys played, a, like, Mafia City or any of those games before. It was called The Grand Mafia. And they make it look pretty, like, you're going to be the dawn of this mafia, and you got to, like, raise the influence and power of this mafia and take over the world and become the most powerful thing, Clash Clan style. So I download it. I start getting into it. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever played. Um, <laughs> I'm like, this is a pretty stupid game but i'm doing it i'm like collecting money doing all the stupid things you're basically just button mashing like oh upgrade this building upgrade this building upgrade this building okay train these guys train these guys upgrade this building and like i'm realizing really fast that like there's no way i can earn the achievements that i need to get the golf clubs that i want in the city that i was in there's like multiple factions and clans that you can join. So, if you download, Ma- don't download Grand Mafia. Don't do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm downloading every single game you say. Like, every single so one. Look at it, Grand. In the game, like uh, I was like, okay, I need to do something to like accelerate my progress in this game. So, like in the game, there are these like uh, cities that host about a thousand players. Each city, I think there's like 400 cities, thousand players in each city. And in the cities, these players like band together to create clans, so they can all work together to become more powerful. Whatever I said, I need to join one of these clans to uh, increase my influence. I need to join one of these things. So I go to the list of the clans. I find like the biggest and baddest clan on the city. 
I'm like, apply to join. And it's like instantly rejected because <laughs> I'm like a freaking guppy in this big pond. And they're like, there's no way. There's no way you can join. So I have to like join some like low level clan that just whatever. But when you join the clan, you, like, they help you out and you get a bunch of coins and you get a bunch of shit. You raise your influence. I ditch that clan, go to the next higher up, get my way through that. Spend a couple of days like leapfrogging all these different clans until I get into like a pretty badass clan. Ugh. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm kind of getting hooked on this game. <laughs> I don't want to, but now I am. And uh, I think it was at that point I uploaded a picture of myself uh, to use that thing. Because <laughs> you get more coins? Yeah, because they want you to do things. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, like I have my chain out and I'm like posing like I'm a badass mafia guy. And I post a picture on there. I just did that. I forgot about it. It was like a day or two later, I got a DM from somebody in like the badass clan. Like they're called the War Imperium. And this is the one I wanted to join but they rejected me and the message in my dms was like hey you're kind of cute ngl <laughs> <laughs> what is going on are you kidding wait so was he cute too <laughs> they, it wasn't a guy it was a girl which i was sus of but like it was like you're cute ngl not gonna lie and the name of the account was phoenix uh phoenix queen and i'm like oh my god a light bulb went off in my head i was like I'm going to roll with this so I can get into the War Imperium, the badass clan that's like taking over the whole world. And so, dude, I fucking <laughs> so I'll retitle this thing as how I became a sugar baby. <laughs> no way. Yeah. That's so awesome. like I start I, I turned it on, I flirted, like and I'm pretty sure actually, I'm pretty sure that this is not a, a woman. I'm pretty sure it's a dude. <laughs> I'm also oh, for sure, dude. But like, no, because I've seen 100%. like real pictures, and I'm pretty sure it's like trans, like they're trans. But like, you know, your boy ain't gonna quit. You know, like your boy's got a mission to do, man. <laughs> I gotta get them golf yeah, clubs. Gotta get dude. in the clan. Whatever it takes. deep in this shit, dude. Like, I am in the War Imperium now. I am like a high level associate. <laughs> I buttered them up. They brought me in as like a low level recruit because I didn't meet their requirements. But like I flirted with the person enough that they're like got them to bring me in. <laughs> like these people, like the whole point of the story was like how insane these people are at these games. Because to me, as a lifelong gamer, I'm playing this mobile app game to try to earn some golf clothes for a golf game. But I'm seeing this game that people are obsessed about, and uh, it's nothing more than just pushing buttons and waiting for timers to expire and you like upgrade a building oh it's going to take two days and two days later your building's a little more powerful but upgrade it again and wait four days and it's just like waiting around i just don't get it and these people are spending and i'm not exaggerating here these people the minimum in that clan that i'm in the minimum people are spending is like a hundred bucks a week the top tier people in the in the city are spending upwards of 1500 oh, or more a week on this game. No way. Like the person that's the top of my clan, uh, top of my, I'm actually in a subsector of the war Imperium, <laughs> the, 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 the upper clansmen or whatever that rule, like the whole entire game. He's, uh, spending like I think someone told me fifteen hundred a week, but they said probably more. That him and his wife have an OnlyFans that supports the entire account. 
that they run lines of credit. And I'm like, for what? What is the end goal? Like, what is the end game for all of this? Like, you develop your city. There's no real world prizes to be had. Why are they doing all this? Like, what is the fun? They spent all this money. I'm caught up in it. I'm kind of into it as well. But it's more of like the social aspect that I like. Like, you can join a group of 90 people that are obsessed with this game. But they like bullshit and talk. And I'm on the Discord and everything. That's fun. I mean, it kind of is like why I liked World of Warcraft back in the day was the social aspect. I can't believe I wouldn't even spend a hundred bucks for like a brand new studio developed game like Hogwarts, you know, like it's tough to even spend the deluxe version of that 80 bucks. These people are spending that weekly on this shitty app. They're like, what am I doing with my life? I need to go develop an app right away. Yeah, you do. You know, there's this the number one goal with many of these mobile games is to make that money, right? And who wouldn't do that? I mean, like you take a couple of YouTube videos. And like not even microtransactions. Yeah, exactly. It's those microtransactions. You spend a few, spend a few weekends. hundred bucks is not a microtransaction. It's a macro transaction. And people are just doing it. I could buy it. Hey, if the game is good enough, you, you, you know, you have a good thing. You, it's, it's a lot of those little games where like they're free and then you pay like two to three dollars to make those like random ads go away mm-hmm. and and then you're like okay i can enjoy the game if and if you have that formula of just like okay it's addicting enough to where like okay i want to i actually want to play enough to pay the two bucks because it's like two bucks you you imagine a person's like it's two bucks whatever I'm not gonna miss it but then over thousands of plays tens of thousands hundreds of thousands to the millions people play you make a lot of money mm-hmm. and that's you know you can reinvest that into better development more you know expansion uh then you can charge the really high you guys want like, to see how much of you spent you on the hearthstone angel mm. oh do you want to see a pic- do you want to see a picture of my sugar mama <laughs> i i, I Your, sugar mama sugar bucks. daddy sure why not <laughs> i didn't send that one Oh, totally. To- to- uh-huh. That's a dude. <laughs> That's definitely a dude. <laughs> hey, man. Wait, so, but, but, Steven, Steven, do you, do you have room for more employment inside the Super Duper clan? <laughs> what do you mean, more employment? Think you could let me wiggle my way in there? Oh, absolutely. I'll get you in. Grease the wheels, baby. Let's go. I mean, I do like, yeah, I just, I don't know. But it's kind of fun. I mean, I weaseled my way in this. I'm like, I was blown away. It was so entertaining just to like see these people. And like, there's people, they don't stop playing. They are, like, like you can message them and like talk to them like anytime. Like, like what are you doing? Like they're and a lot of women too. A lot of women. Uh, like there's just like moms that like they have nothing to do all day and their husband just gives them like a budget and they just spend money on this stupid fucking game. And I don't know, does it give them some like semblance of, oh, I'm like the faction leader and I get to tell people what to do all day long and they listen to me and I'm in sort of power dynamic. I don't know. It's fucking insane. Do you guys play any games like that? I, Chris, you said you played Clash of Clans. I think it's the same thing, right? You build up a city, join a faction of people, yeah. war with other clans. Yeah, so when I when I first started at my job, there was the project manager that I got paired up with. He also just started at the company at the same time. And he told me about this Clash of Clans. And I was like, yeah, sure, check it out. And, this, and I was looking here that Clash of Clans came out in 2012. And I think that's about the time that I probably joined it. So I joined on there. And for anyone who doesn't know what Clash of Clans is out there, it's really just uh, you have a big and you like collect gold and elixir resources and then you use that to build bigger buildings better buildings better armies you're just constantly building stuff uh but when you're not on the game people come by and they're robbing you so it's this like constant battle of you got to rob other people faster than they can rob you to get your get your stuff up so the way the game works is like you level up that building to level one it takes like five minutes but then level two takes like 10 minutes level three takes an hour level four takes you know five hours you get up to the point on some of these i think right about when i peeled off of it my town hall upgrade was gonna take like 35 days yeah 
I was like, <laughs> so, yeah, um, at that point, you're like, uh, yeah, you, you set it to build, and then you're like, well, what do I do? Yeah, but did you have a sugar mama giving you all the resources and money you could need in the game? Yeah. So in, in Clash, <laughs> at that time, no, that was my problem. <laughs> you know, I've had to spend like five dollars. I've only spent like five bucks on this game, man, and I am like top tier. Great. So how much money has uh, she spent on you, uh, Steve? Uh, it's like not directly because the money will buy you certain. She's tra- like she can transport like resources to me. Like so, I don't know like how much it would probably. I don't know. She has spent thousands. What's the estimated value of these resources. She's probably spent thousands on this game. I'm sure they've spent over like if they're averaging like the the lady that's leading the guild or faction. She said she's spending about 400 a week on the game. I asked her what her allowance was, and then I asked the, my sugar mama what her allowance was, and she's like, "I don't want to say." <laughs> she, and it's not, I like how you what you call it's her. Not even her main, it's not even her main account. She has like two of these accounts so she's funding two different accounts with this much a week i'm like what do you do i asked her what she does for work she's like oh i like own a cleaning company she lives in the uk he she lives in the uk and has a cleaning company <laughs> you mentioned world of warcraft do you remember and i don't know if it was on specific servers but you ever heard the guild pure pure yeah no i don't think i've heard of pure they got like multiple world firsts and it's just a bunch of millionaires maybe it was just on my server yeah but back when i played i don't think there was peter play to win p2w because what could you in vanilla even the first couple expansions what could you really purchase unless you're buying like gold like like third party. if you're you just spend time and you have really good resources like a really good pc yeah i guess but nowadays i think like even the big games world of warcraft i'm sure you can pay to accelerate your production or no can you acquire yeah, gear through paying i think you can i haven't played in a while uh, have you ever heard of drama friday drama friday yeah, no. it's this YouTuber named Peach. Uh, Peach, Preach. Yeah. Huh. Um, but he he talked a lot about this kind of like, basically it's a UK show from years ago uh, where it was World of Warcraft drama, uh, like it plays out. And it's, it's a really great show and it covers, now it covers a lot of Final Fantasy XIV stuff. Oh. But it was basically like drama between guild members like like Sugar Mamas and, and want to meet in real life and how it like spirals out of control in the she game. She said, the person that I was talking to said she had met, like met one dude in real life and then was about to meet another and i was like the first one i guess they had like set up a whole thing he flew out there they got to the hotel and like it went really bad and then he like i don't know there's like a lot of so drama with like spreading pictures on the, on the game like revenge porn shit and people like warring over that shit. i don't know dude it's a weird community man a weird yeah i wouldn't be surprised if they submit something because it's a that's very common from what i understand yeah because it's a lot of uh, e-relationships yeah. yeah i was just gonna say there's like a date aspect there that you know like let's let's take your average gamer you know maybe maybe we're not the most attractive or the most athletic or making the most money or some other quality that you would meet someone in the real world with but you find someone who has similar qualities or likes to you in this game i could almost see it you could use that as an avenue to start meeting them mm-hmm. or, or start dating that way yeah. Yeah. So a, a, another item i had on here is questions for you guys on how much revenue do you think these mobile game companies have produced i kind of know the answers to this because oh, really? i uh, there's only 30 games in the history of mobile apps that have uh, surpassed 1 billion in sales. There's 30, but there's many that have gotten close. Like I think what was the, I think the 
gross revenue of uh, Candy Crush was like a six hundred million last year. Oh, Jeez. Yeah. yeah, Candy Crush is up I, there. I know for a fact that my sister plays that one game, Homescapes, and I think it's basically Candy Crush with a building house, a house building aspect to it. And she's kind of shied away from the question of how much she has spent on microtransactions. You know, they get you to those levels where you can't beat the level and you really need power ups, and like you have to buy like the power up for a few bucks. But then you just keep doing that every day. That's when I usually shy away from the game. I would like to pay to get rid of ads. Like, that's fine. You're like, hey, this is a fun game. Five bucks to support the developer plus get rid of ads. Okay, fine. Or maybe like a dollar here, a dollar there. Fine. But these games are so greedy now. Like, oh, spend a hundred bucks. And you're like basically saying, if you have the money to throw at this game, you could be good at it. There's no skill whatsoever involved. There's no strategy involved. They're marketed as like a strategy game. There's no strategy. Yeah. There's got to be some form of strategy in there. What, go suck dick to, on like OnlyFans to make money? Yeah, <laughs> well, well, apparently you got to suck up to the sugar baby, right? <laughs> yeah, sugar, yeah. sugar mama, yeah. But a lot of those other games where it's like, okay, well, you have too many ads. It's almost like a formula, you know, you have too many ads. You know, I'm not a big fan or like, okay, you have really high ticket price for add-ons. All right, just to, just to advance. And then when you like make really good progression for like a whole hour or a whole day, and then all of a sudden you hit a wall and you're like, oh my God, I really got to spend this dollar. But if it happens too fast, I'm like, I'm out. I got to delete it. Yeah. It's not anymore. So yeah, this is a really interesting topic, man. Go on. Sorry. Yeah. I was just thinking that like... I would say, hey, what happened to gaming? It's been so watered down. But if they're making, if they're clearing a billion dollars in revenue on a yearly basis or close to it, why would they change the formula? Why would they even bother making good games? Why do they care? You know, it's PUBG true. is one of the, is clearing a billion dollars revenue a year. PUBG on mobile. What kind of gaming experience are you going to get on a mobile PUBG? It's Hard to play on PC, let alone with your fucking fingers on a little phone. But wait, it's not clearing a billion. Its revenue is nine billion dollars. Is it annually it's or insane. is that total? Oh, no. no, that's total revenue. Total well, total yeah. revenue since twenty eighteen. Okay, yeah. So that's maybe Before more years, like two billion. That's, that's, like, that's like almost two billion a yeah. year. Still, that's an insane amount of money for just literally a beta game that just kind of got went viral, and people just don't care about good games anymore. Yeah. Like, why would they bother to build a Hogwarts game, spend all that time and money, and try to develop a good game when people are just buying it for sixty bucks, playing it for ten days, and tossing it out? Where's the microtransactions? Like, what, how long until every game you play is going to be filled with microtransactions? I think that's now. I can't. I don't think I can think of a single game that yeah. you can buy that doesn't have a microtransaction. That's not cosmetic because I know Harry Potter was cosmetic microtransactions, but you know, some greedy fuck's going to start to say, you know what, <laughs> I'm going to let you use the Elder Wand for $14.99 a month, you know? Yeah. And at the same time, you have to keep the, the player's interest because if you do give away the Elder Wand for a subscription, yeah. I don't know if that was just an out of, out of just an example, but it's like, okay, well, the other players still have to play. People are going to lose interest. But uh, yeah, I, I thought about that too. It, it's, it's the same idea of where like people, you know, where they're migrating from radio, you went to TV and then the movies and everything's online. You have streaming services, you have YouTube, you have Rumble and all that. Um, you know, people still talk about, you know, let's go do media, um, you know, when they, when they go market, they go, okay, well, we're going to do the radio, we're going to do radio, or we're going to do, um, uh, Saturday morning or, or, or weekday morning shows. It's like, no, dude, you, there's, there's different ways to market your product, you know? And, and that's the whole, like, why would you develop Harry Potter? Well, they're still in that mindset and they want to deliver that to the consumer that way. Whereas you can ma make a lot more money in the mobile, the mobile market. Yeah. But I think if you go into the mobile app store right now and type in mafia game. 
you're probably going to get like 60 listings. Yeah. Yeah. Parody is huge in that too. So it's like coming up with an original idea. I think there's a pretty steep cliff of how many games are out there. I would say, let's just say there's 5 million games on the app market. I mean, how many of those percentage-wise are going to be make clearing a million-dollar revenue? Well, it's got to hit all those variables, right? It's got to be addicting. It's got to be good. The right ratio of ads. Not many. I would say like it's only the top like point one percent are making enough money to make it work. I don't get the parody thing too. You get like oh the Candy Crush, and then you'll have like Fruit Smash, and it's like the same game. Or, like and they just make a bunch yeah. of the parody game. I wonder how successful this parody. They make money off the, the ads. They're way worse in terms yeah. of ads and like aggressiveness with the transaction. All oh, the one I really don't get is the fucking slot machines. People pay pay real money oh, yeah. to play fake slot machines. Yeah. With no prizes, with zero prizes. I had a brother-in-law. Get the gems. Yeah, I had an ex-brother-in-law gems. that uh, was working for a, a video game developer that was doing like a NASCAR-themed, a licensed NASCAR uh, slot machine game. And he was working on it, like in the marketing side of it. And I, I said, well, what's the prizes? He's like, well, there is no prizes. I said, well, that's fucking stupid. And he got all pissed off at me. But I was like, <laughs> 11 minute abs, okay? <laughs> the joke's on me because people will willfully spend hundreds of dollars spinning a fake slot machine and not even get a NASCAR You're ticket. You're stupid, out of ignorant, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing because there actually is an app. It's the Vegas app that will give you real world yeah. like, rewards. My Vegas was really good in the beginning when Vegas was struggling after 09, before it kind of picked back up. And I guess. I played it, but it was kind of like towards the middle of it. I never really cashed in anything, but uh, I guess it was really good for getting good hotel room discounts and stuff. You'd play that game, but that game, when you bought tokens, you would have like 10 minutes of really good luck. And then after that, your luck would just die off and you wouldn't win anything. And then you buy another 10 bucks worth of shit. Boom. You'd be like winning all kinds of money and you'd be like, okay, so fucking rigged. It's so I was talking, yeah. I was talking to my, my coworker about Clash of Clans because uh, I, I, I kind of discovered like the cycle here. So I played it for like a few years and I, I got to the, I got to the point where uh, I had to be playing it like all the time in order to uh, I, I had to keep robbing people and hopefully get up enough money so that I can tell my builder to start building before someone came and raided me. But I started getting to the point where I just I couldn't hold on to my material long enough. I was getting hit faster than I could collect it. So so my my progress just came to like a screeching halt, and I was like, okay, well I can't I can't do anything. My wall section is like four million dollars, and I just can't get that up. So I was kind of like, eh, whatever. I like let it go by the wayside. So he kept playing it and he actually plays it today too and uh, i was telling him about that i said hey i had a hardest time getting a hold of that stuff and he's he said you know what they changed that he said he said i think they realized that people would get to a pinnacle where they just couldn't get enough materials he's like so now it's actually when when someone robs you you get like 40 50 percent of whatever they rob back before it was like you know they literally rob you and it's all gone and so he's he's like man dude i have so much gold i have so much elixir he's like i don't know what to do with it he says all my builders are spilling spending a month building something and i don't do anything with the resources i was like well, well what's the point there and i'm and he's like they did that so that people get 
anxious. They're like, I have all these resources and I have these builders. I'm going to pay to make those guys fast build so that I can start the next cycle again. And I was like, that was a pretty ingenious ah. adjustment that ticked up their microtransactions for people who were kind of flatlining. So it's definitely a very, it seems like a very well thought out strategy. Oh, they definitely consulted with psychologists on how to make the game super addicting from the sounds to the graphics to like what you said, like the anxiety of having so much valuable stuff that you work so hard to acquire and it being vulnerable and having to like maybe protect it, pay to protect it or, you know, be on all the time so you can make sure no one's raiding your shit or because like, oh, if they are going to raid me, I can put up a wall. I can put up like a bubble that's going to protect me for a few hours. So like you never want to leave the game. You don't want to let it out of your sight. Totally addictive. You know what I'm hearing? I think we're all in agreement. We're all just going to start a coin up cowboy game. We're going to develop yeah, there we go. Game. lots of microtransactions. Yeah, it's an old west town. You have to become like the sheriff and you have to be like the biggest, baddest cowboy town. Dude, we, we could make like a mob. It could be a mafia theme, but for cowboys. So oh, yeah. we, could, we, could call it, we could call them desperados. Yeah. Ooh. I like that. Hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll workshop this. This is a good idea because I've been I've been dabbling with Unity. Really? Yeah. You know, it's like a cowboy game like Clash of Clans and make billions as long as you can make it. So if I spend a bunch of money, I'm better than you it's gonna sell like hotcakes so i found a guy who has spent a lot of money on modern war do you want to take a guess at how much this guy this 50 he's a 59 year old owner of an appliance store how much has he spent on modern war total modern warfare at one oh total yeah what is how what's the time frame how long is that game uh, i'm always curious about these because if people spend money on it it's actually probably decent. i actually thought it was ingenious the dude created don't, don't a, the dude created an only fans <laughs> with his wife and it's successful and it's paying for the game. <laughs> Tons of money. We got a problem, but I got a solution. <laughs> yes, that's how addicting the game is. It's making it. I would say like six or seven years. Maybe let's say six years for six. I've of heard life. of sucking. Uh, I've heard of sucking dick for coke, but like sucking dick for like a mafia game. Like pretty, it's pretty, pretty new low. I'm gonna say twelve grand, Chris. I'm gonna say this guy has grand. spent no more over a hundred grand. Hundred grand, easily. Angel? Jeez, man, seven years. One dollar. I'm gonna say five hundred. I'm gonna say five hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. I'm gonna say five twenty-four. Oh, yeah, fuck yeah, you can go five twenty-four. Okay, okay. one dollar, Bob. He has spent two million dollars <laughs> yeah <laughs> what million with a b yes. million with um, an m in modern war <laughs> as one of the leaders of a clan that has been around for more than four years oh, i should just read the rest of it four years million right m yes uh yeah here you go i'll i'll show him on here it, it, so it also says what is what does he own what does he do he owns an appliance store two million modern war I'm in the wrong industry uh, now he also did this though he also helped stage a boycott where 144 teams stopped spending and demanded that Gree make fixes in the game oh, oh my god not only does he spend much he's got power yep. <laughs> influence this is nuts yeah uh, of course they have to listen to him he's the best customer he's literally funding everybody's child college no but he's led a boycott that means he has influence in the in the, in the game modern war mobile app i mean i've never heard of that game but yeah dude people get so obsessed like i'm telling you and it has 2.3 stars on apple app store <laughs> um no but that's how the guy is in my the leader of the war emporium is like his influence ranking is so high that there's only one way to get to that and he's buying every single hundred dollar pack that comes across the screen it's yeah a couple grand a week i mean he's been at it for a couple of years
years. Do the math. And he has multiple accounts. It's just crazy. Well, we're going to do it, boys. <laughs> I'm downloading the game, and I'm pro- it looks like I might delete it in like 20 seconds. I see. A- it's all the same. Every single one of these games are the same. You get a city. Yeah. It makes it look all crazy fancy, like you do a bunch of cool shit. But ultimately, you just have like a city, and you're just upgrading buildings and training troops or training associates. And you're creating like a power ranking, like a, a number that's reflecting how strong you are as a city. And then you battle other people in like these meaningless little battles sometimes. Well, I don't know if this is an indication, but it's asked me to share Bluetooth with other like whatever. And I said no, because I always say no for whatever reason. And uh, it crashed. So <laughs> I, I just deleted the game. Yeah. So I probably stole your ID oh, right then. I need to. I, I want to <laughs> find this dude's like OnlyFans. Just curious. Just going Don't deeper tell. down the rabbit hole. <laughs> We've lost them. I noticed a lot of these games have battle passes now, like season battle passes. Oh, yeah. It has a monthly subscription of 25 bucks. Yep. It's it's funny because I'm my- so uh, I, I'm so so tempted to get the battle pass for Overwatch. Seriously, you mentioned battle pass, and I'm like, do it. But why? Good. What's it gonna do for you, Angel? It makes me a better player because I really suck at the game. It just makes me better. <laughs> yeah, it, it's funny because these these battle passes that come out, like me, if so, if I had to spend money on a on a mobile game, I don't normally. I'm usually one of the like just cheapy free ones, but I would say my limit's like twenty bucks. Like if I just need to be like, okay, cut loose twenty bucks, I would, and that happens to be the typical value of the battle pass uh be like oh, okay for 20 bucks i kind of look a little bit cooler maybe i get a few items to make me a little bit better and I, I i feel like starting off in a game it gives you like a step up or like a push start to get going and i see everyone's realizing that there's money to be that's made. crazy i would never spend 20 dollars on a battle pass uh didn't we all buy the battle pass for halo when it came back out <laughs> no you didn't I did. no the game was free i didn't spend a penny on halo i never played <laughs> <laughs> I must have got a cool helmet or something. <laughs> so that game we haven't played in a year. Yeah, it was just, Probably longer uh, than that. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but didn't feel like fresh or new in any sort of way. That wasn't that good at all. Yeah, it. but I get I get the spending the money though. Like I want to I want to like if it's a game I really enjoy, I want to enjoy it even more. I'm gonna look super cool. I like you know like the third person, the super like the kill shot or whatever it is. It's gonna look awesome. It's to me, it's so worth it. So what? How much would you get be able to spend on a game before your wife is like that needs to stop immediately? I'm sorry, what? How much do you think you would spend on a game personally? How much you would be okay with spending on a game? And then how much would is your partner or your wife's limit like where she's gonna say, No, you can't spend that much on a complicated question. (laughs) Does she know? (laughs) Nothing, zero, but zero. What are these uh, PayPal transactions of the Google? (laughs) (laughs) Mel's asked me over like the four dollars or the like the four. Four ninety nine. that I spent on the stupid game. Uh, she's asked, like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's the game. She's like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to find the fucking money on that game. Yeah. I'm, like, right. I'm kind of fortunate. I've, I've had that conversation with Tanya, and I feel like she gives me, like, a little bit more free reign. She's like, oh, well, I mean, it gets your money. Just, like, don't get let it get out of control. And I, I do the same thing when I go to Vegas. I'm like, hey, like, let's talk about, like, a gambling limit. Like, like, like what, what do you think? And she's like, I don't know, like, 700 bucks, 800 bucks or something. I'm like, 800 bucks? I was going to say, like, 200. But, like, 800, yeah, let's go with that one <laughs> so i think i think for tanya it'd probably be like a few hundred bucks before she would like ask questions on like hey what, what, what is this hey maybe we can offset with the only fans and kind of like offset that cost and then it would be pictures man Angel, good money in that yeah. i just remembered i ate a brownie last week okay remember you said you heard me eating <laughs> Dude, for like an hour and a half. Seriously. I look at the time stamp. I'm like, huh? <laughs> How big was this brownie? Was pretty big brownie. Yeah. 
sounds like it sounded like a big round. I think I wouldn't be able to spend more, like, I think 20 bucks a week. But fuck, man, I always think of, like, man, if I've spent 80 bucks on this game, then it's like I have that limit in my head of, like, well, a new Xbox, new PlayStation game, like 60, 70 bucks, right? I can't spend more than that on a mobile app, right? No I shit. Can't. No shit. Yeah. No, right. not on a mobile yeah. app. Hearthstone, to me, is the exception. 20 bucks every, like, couple months whenever they have a new expansion. But if it's, like, on a mobile game, five bucks. I would feel better because Hearthstone's, like, a Blizzard, like, big game, big, like, like tournaments, everything like that. It's not just some stupid little pointless Chinese manufactured garbage app. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Steven, thank you so much for bringing up the, the mobile game topic. That was really, that sparked a lot of conversation. I look forward really to updates when you get the OnlyFans link. Please. Link it in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably already got first, it. First my, <laughs> my sugar mama, I asked for the link. And she says, I wouldn't need it. I have his Snapchat. <laughs> Found a spot. How long have you and the sugar mom have been dating now? Three three months? Oh no, this is like the last two weeks. I've had conversations. The, 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 does your lady know that you're also not sure if I have to disclose this information? Yeah, that was the next question. I know. I was like, this the other thing is like I wonder what I should disclose to Mel that I'm like buttering up a trans <laughs> chick on this mafia game so I can get ahead. <laughs> Uh, well, Mel doesn't know doesn't hurt her, right? Please not. That's, Maybe we should edit that part. Not. Yeah, this is going to get all out. It's like, that's not really. No, like, yeah, I'll include it. I'll include it. <laughs> it's totally fine. I mean, I don't care because it's can, like, I don't think it's like, that's not crossing lines, though. I don't feel like. Then again, it I depends on who say, it is, man. Some people think it's crossing lines. Oh, no, no. My, so my comment was, anything. I don't think it is. But my comment was totally yeah. instigating. I, I, my comment was totally instigating. I, I would love to hear what Mel thinks about your 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 buddy, your relationship in this game. That'll be my next topic. I'll tell her. For three months. If you can bring her on as a guest host. Not three months. <laughs> There's been no phone conversations. There's like all it is is literally I put like a selfie of me up and I put like a couple like the, once I got the Discord and everybody's in like the group chats on Discord. There's like a uh, they post pictures like their day to day bullshit and like there's some like real life pictures. Every once in a while I'll post like a picture there like just normal like have, not. Have, have you posted a shower picture yet? No, yeah. no, no. A butthole picture. Everything is PG. Everything has been PG. I haven't had to do anything. Like okay. That. I was gonna ask like how many can we can we calculate the value. Of your butt picture. I will ask Mel. If, I'll tell Mel, hey, if I can send a dick pic, I can get. <laughs> It's a loot crate. Like at least a million dollars. It's worth like five bucks in real life. Can I, se- can I send a dick pic to a trans woman on this mafia game so I can get get ahead? I don't even play the golf game anymore. The, the fucking funny thing is I don't even play the golf game. I don't even go back to it. It's all started with golf. He's <laughs> a mafia man. <laughs> I can totally get it. Oh, so you, never, you never got that golf club you wanted, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I see this progress. Yeah. Eventually, Steven's, Steven's only going to be on OnlyFans. He's not even going to be Well, now I can start anymore. OnlyFans, so I have the right amount of income to support the game and get ahead. Number one mafia. That's what you need to do. That's right. So let's let's close this out. This sorry, go the, ahead. You see, I, I think I, the main thing that I see what's going on here is I think you have the proper leadership thinking through what needs to happen and why we're doing it. So I think it's, Steven's going to be real successful in this aspect because he understands the why why do i need the only fans account i need it to finance this game and this uh international absolutely and that's what you start with simon sinek start with your why how dare you it's a day it's a day good job steven (laughs) okay (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, go ahead and like, subscribe, follow anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. Um, leave a comment, drop us a line. We're always open to hear from you. Anything else you guys want to talk about, plug before we close out? You go to bed with an itchy asshole, you wake up with a stinky finger. I'm out. <laughs> Very cool. He, he who stands on toilet is high on pot. Hey, we're out.